Fit Pros, welcome back to the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness, where we turn personal trainers into fitness professionals. We are your host, Dayton McPherson, Kyle Radoon. On today's episode, this is the second part of a three-part series guaranteeing the sale, where we will be talking about the workout portion. All of you are personal trainers. You want to work out with your clients? Well, this one is the one for you. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Good, man. Uh, you know, I wanted to make a little announcement to all of our listeners out there. We are officially Barbell Apparel Ambassadors. So keep an eye out for some discounts, promo codes coming soon in the next couple of weeks. We'll be doing some Instagram posts and stuff like that. I'm super excited. I have a couple of t-shirts of theirs. Unfortunately, mine are dirty, so I'm, I'm wearing Under Armour. They they don't sponsor us. Uh, but so this will be the last time we shout them out. Exactly, exactly. So Barbell Apparel, if you guys don't know about it, super, super comfortable shirts, pants. If you're an active person, you got some thick thighs, go check their stuff out. It's pretty awesome. Kyle and I know how hard it is to buy pants. <laughs> if you've got a small waist, big glutes, big thighs. So go check their stuff out. Again, it's Barbell Apparel. Uh, I yeah. am very, men got, very Men got big booties too, man. I have Hell a hard yeah. time getting my legs into some pants. I do hip thrusts too. I like a big butt and that's perfectly okay. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, to add to that, not only they have super comfortable wear for working out in, but also I like to actually wear a lot of their outside of the gym type apparel. This collared shirt is Barbell Apparel as well. Uh, and if you actually look at some of our past episodes, the reason why we wanted to work with Barbell Apparel is uh, the last few episodes, you'll see me in like a, a blue V-neck polo, a black um, V-neck as well. Like they are super comfortable. They look super professional. So I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I can go walk out to the gym right now and throw down and have a good time. Doing oh, man, I can't wait to throw down after this. I'm going to go work out after this. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, what are you working right. on today? Uh, so I have like conditioning to do today and it's, oh. I think it's 10 bar muscle ups, a hundred pushups and a thousand, uh, meters on the row for two rounds. Ooh. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm not very proficient at bar muscle ups. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have to use a band if I'm going to do 10, but I just need the practice and it's going nice. to force me to practice. So I'm excited. Nice. How about you? What are you working on? Um, so I actually, I'm going to be squatting. I have a light, uh, dynamic effort, dynamic effort day today. So we're going to do some banded barbell squats. We're going to do a uh, three reps every minute on the minute at 50%, uh, my one rep max with 25% band tension. So we're going to do about 225 pound back squat with another hundred or so pounds of band tension at the top. Oh, so damn. really fast reps, easy out of the bottom, really hard to lock out at the top. So, uh, so good old school West side powerlifting type programming is what I'm working on right now. So not CrossFit, but let's keep on this little exercise tangent we're going on. So I've been doing this really fun squatting program where I do back squats and front squats back to back, uh, put the bar down, pick it up. So uh, this last cycle I did four front squats and eight back squats. So I do four front squats, rack it, then go right into eight back squats. And I have noticed that my back at least feels so much better than when I previously started doing this. In the last two or three years, I've thrown my back out probably three or four times. It's always on back squats or it's always on hang power cleans. So this has made me feel a lot stronger because I'm doing my back squats with a lot 
lighter weight and it's more of a percentage off of my front squats and it's mm. higher repetitions and I don't feel at the bottom that I'm going to like throw it out as I start to come back up. So it's really fun. I can't remember who developed it, but I am following the program and I definitely feel super strong. So Yeah, that's actually, that sounds, that's kind of like some old school powerlifting type stuff because you're, you're switching now from like a posterior chain to like anterior because the front squat, definitely a front loaded squat is going to mm. be a little more quad heavy. So I bet you doing the back squats first kind of light up the glutes and hammies. And then when you put it in your front rack, probably feeling a little better, more balanced. I'll send you the name of who created this program and you can throw it in the show notes too for oh, somebody cool. to check it out. Definitely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, and right. then, you know, if anyone really wants to do a powerlifting program, you can just buy mine. Barbell apparel and then Kyle's personal training program that you can buy and all that stuff. Say, right? He's know, throwing uh, it in there for himself both- too. We teach trainers, and if you're actually a trainer uh, and you want really good programming, uh, literally hire us, and I'll teach you how to train all your clients better. That's, you know, because uh, truthfully, I know we're joking, and I didn't mean to bring this up in the intro of this podcast, but um, do have a, a mentee group, a mentorship group. Uh, I'm currently working with two high school students that are looking to become personal trainers. Uh, it's actually one of the coolest things in I want to bring it up on the podcast because I totally forgot about this till now. The two kids uh, have to present a project to a class about like their career and they chose personal training, which 20 years ago, there was no one in high school that wanted to be a personal trainer. That was like not a thing, right? So it's really cool that the kids actually want to grow up to be a personal trainer. Um, And the second thing, you know what they asked me is they focused on mental health versus physical health. So these guys, these, this 18 year old boy comes in and says, Hey, we're going to write this workout plan. Help me out. What can we do? And here I am thinking like, all right, you know, he wants to set PRs on his bench press. Cause like what 18 year old boy doesn't want to set a PR on his bench press. True. He goes, and I go, so what's the goal of your project? Like what's the, what's the purpose? And he says to me, I am doing a survey before and after each workout, see how they feel emotionally before the start of the workout. And then 15 minutes after they finish the workout. And he's logging this over six weeks to see how the benefit of exercise improved their mental clarity and mental health and how they performed in their classes before and after. And like, this is super deep. And he's focused on mental health. And I was just blown away because that would never have been something that me in high school would have even thought about when it comes to exercise. So trainers out there, we are spreading the good word on fitness and exercise. And it's really, it's coming around. So that's awesome. Maybe, maybe we could talk about that in a future episode. Maybe we can even get him on to kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because, for sure. I mean, that was nothing that we ever focused on. It, it, you know, that my certification, it doesn't focus on anything like that. I'd be interested to see in the next 10 years when they start to come out with new books and new information about personal trainers, if they start to add mental health and nutrition in instead of just programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and side note, medical, the medical field has had more studies come out on weightlifting for their patients and seeing huge, you know, cardiovascular disease go down, comorbidities go down. Like it's coming around the medical field actually wants to lift weights. So trainers out there, oh, yeah. the next 10 years, we are in a really good spot for this industry yeah. to take a boom. Like I think we're finally going to expand past that 10% of the population yeah. um, with six gym memberships. So I, w- I was at a conference uh, last week and this will be the last tangent we go off of. I was at a conference last week and someone presented who is an industry leader. And he said in the next 10 years that the big three are going to come back with like, you know, 
immense popularity, a big three squat deadlift bench. And he said that everybody is going to be doing that stuff. So if you like teaching that stuff, it's on the way up, baby. And I'm super excited for it. So well, good. now we have to have a powerlifting episode because if the big three are taking over the planet, they are. It's yeah. And people think powerlifting, like you have to like compete. As a, no, no, no. When I say powerlifting, I just mean train the big three. Get right. strong. Yep. Build power. All right. With that said, we are not taking our clients through heavy banded barbell no. back squats in their assessment workout. So uh, we kicked it off. We talked a little bit about part one. Uh, now, what was our assessment? We talked about the greeting. We talked about uh, building up the relationship, digging deep, not wide. We talked about pulling on heartstrings. Uh, we got them all set up. We know all the information. We know their assessment. We know what what they like, what they don't like. We know what hurts and what doesn't hurt. They know what we, you know, we know what they've done before, what their experience is. So now we get up and I walk out of the office, done with my assessment. Here comes part two, the workout. The workout, which all of you want to do and you want to show your skill set because you all got into this to work out with your potential clients or clients. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You want to show your stuff tone it down a little bit. <laughs> That's the most important thing that I've seen with coaches when they go out onto the fitness floor with that potential client is they try to do too much or they try to really harp on the things that they are bad at, which we don't want to do. So the first thing that I want to talk about is when you go out onto the floor and do an assessment with somebody, your assessment should be just like a minute or two long and God help me. If anybody out there does a functional movement screen with anybody, this is not the time to do it. I promise you. I, I don't like the FMS for gen pop. And I'm just speaking to gen pop. And 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 Kyle, Kyle might have a, a different experience or, or want to say something along you know different lines, but the FMS that you would get certified in, it literally teaches people that your body is trash. You can't do anything. Hire me. And I really feel like that's what it teaches you. If you're if you're in a, uh, an elite athlete and you want to do the FMS with somebody, fine. That, I'm perfectly okay with that. But Gen Pop, which most of the people uh, on this podcast are listening for, like the FMS is not for you. And probably most coaches that would take the FMS would probably fail it too. Uh, and so I love that you said that because I have a bone to pick with. Uh, and this was, was this like a great cook? Or is he just a big fan of it? I can't remember if he like. I can't remember. Or yeah. promotes it. Uh, some of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world use this on top tier athletes. Correct. The FMS is there to find that slight nuanced difference between uh, a 4.2 second 40 and a 4.3 second 40. Uh, NFL drafts going on like right now or like, a couple weeks ago. And we're talking about high school kids or college kids coming out and running their 40 times. They do FMS with their coaches and their strength and conditioning. Because every yep. little week in power is the difference between winning or losing at the professional level. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, you want to lose 10 pounds? What the hell are you doing with an FMS? <laughs> don't, don't do an FMS with people. Because you are going to fail it. Do it on yourself. You're going to fail it. Mm -hmm. Your clients are going to fail it. And you're going to learn nothing. So... Let's just get that out right now. You are a trainer. Make them move and watch with your eyes and make your decisions on your own. You right. don't need a bar or a measurement. You don't need to take them to the wall. You don't need to get out a tape measure. It's just 
read if you can't watch them and i'm going to get ahead of myself into the workout part but if you can't watch them do an air squat or a sit to stand and you don't know that their left knee is weak or their hamstrings or back hurts or whatever it is i can do that from three reps of an air squat yes thank you that that's the next thing that i wanted to go in so so my assessment and i always talk about this with individuals is i just have them do a sit to stand i have them sit on a chair sit on a bench and stand up I say, you, you are going to sit on this bench and stand up and I'm going to watch you. And the potential client may ask, well, how do you want me to do it? My response is do it the way that you think is proper. And I will watch them from two angles, from the front and from the side. And that's the only thing that I'll do. Please don't be a vulture and just like circle them like this and come down and then look up and be like, mm, mm, mm. like, it's just weird. Like if you're a good coach, you can look at them three reps in the front couple reps from the side. Cool. Okay. You should be able to determine from a sit to stand, what their ankles look like, what their knees look like, what their hips look like. Are they hunched over in front? Are they out of breath after doing it? Do they slam down onto the chair? Are they using their arms to push themselves up? You can determine a lot of information from a sit to stand. And from the sit to stand, only thing that I'll say to them is like, that was great. When we come back around, we're going to do that a little bit differently. And hopefully we'll be able to make you feel better because if they're doing it without any instruction at all, probably their knees hurt, like all this stuff. Most people will walk way too close to the bench. They'll just have some sort of knee flexion and extension. They'll have no movement in their hips. They'll use their arms. So I'm going to use my expertise when we come back around. Okay. So I, I think we're getting a little ahead here, but I, I really like that um, the way we do assessments here is the very first thing Dayton said there is you're letting them do it the way they do it on their own without mm. you. Now, I don't know if you do this on purpose because this is something that I started to develop after health tracks. Um, when I spent more and more time with people back out of my, my VP office, right? I was like, okay, let's go back out to be put my trainer hat back on. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, there's better ways to do this. Cause I would try to be like, Hey, you've squatted before, but we're going to show you how to squat. And I would start rattling things off and I'd get them squatting. I had no idea how they used to squat. I had no idea how I can help them because what is one of those overcoming objections that we're going to talk about in the sales portion is that whole idea of do it on my own. Now I can cover the objection of do it on my own right here on the very first exercise in the very first round of my workout. Hey, I want you to squat. How do I squat? I don't know. You show me because I want to see how you would do it on your own. Okay, great. You did it. Now, how did that feel? Did it feel comfortable? Did your knee hurt? You felt awkward. Now let's try this. Right. I'm going to have you widen your feet a little bit, push your knees out, pick your chest up, keep your eyes up here on me. And then you reassess them after that. How's that feel? Like now that you just did those two extra things and notice that, and I'm going to get really fired up here. I already told Kyle this before this episode <laughs> is notice that Kyle didn't say, well, your knees are valgusing in. The reason that you're coming up on your toes is because you have no flexion and extension in your ankle joint. And your calves are too tight. He told them to move your damn feet out and, and keep your chest up. And we want to show our expertise. I know all of our listeners out there are very intelligent people. You took this awesome test. Maybe some of you have four-year degrees. Most of the people that you see have no experience with exercise. So you can show your expertise by changing one to two things, but not diving into like a, a kinesthetic like lesson for them. They, they will feel dumb 
if you do that. And we don't want them to feel like they're lesser than you. Yeah, you can be the expert, but just move their feet or their knees and they'll feel so much better. And I actually, I want to be clear because if I were actually in real life, I wouldn't have said it that way. That was kind of my like podcast way of saying it because I sure. shot out, I shot out feet, knees, back, shoulders, eyes. No, I'm picking one of those five, right? Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm picking one of those five and I have you do a few reps. Maybe I'll pick a second one. But now you've done that second set and now I've shown you, okay, do you see how doing it this way is more beneficial than the way you did it before? I say yes. The client say yes. Are they going to sit down at the sales portion and tell me I'm going to try it on my own if I do that with every one of these exercises? No, because they why? No, they can't do it on their own. And they we just it. saw it. I didn't tell them, hey, you can't do this on your own. You need me. I just said, hey, show me. Okay, now do it different. Now you said, oh my God, how would I have done that without you? You can't. Done. Now I just nailed out 20% of your objections. Right, exactly. So, so we are trying to eliminate those objections before they even come up. So pick something that is easy for your assessment that you can actually assess them on and then give them some cueing. One thing, two things maximum. You don't have to correct everything. No one's going to get hurt doing a sit to stand. Yep. They sit to stand incorrectly all day long. So let's give them something that we can fix one thing and they'll start to feel better. So my assessment that I like to do is literally just a sit to stand. Yep. And if you if you want some information about how that you can assess somebody from a sit to stand, you can message Kyle or I. We'll give you some info and we'll, we'll walk you through it. it. It's super, super helpful and it's easy too. And we yep. want to make this easy for our clients to feel successful. That's all. Absolutely. So we talked we talked about the assessment. Let's talk about the workout. That takes well, so, two minutes. Because now, well, are you separating the assessment from the workout? Because I'm kind of when I was talking about the squats, I'm kind of counting that as part of the workout. Because if I and let's back up a little bit, because I'm interested to see how you do this. If I have, if I'm going out to the workout floor, and I have, um, we didn't really give timestamps in the first one, but if we really keep that like. 15 to 20 minutes in the office, 15 to 20 minutes in the workout, 15 to 20 minutes. That's kind of how you get your hour, right? Um, I'm not necessarily spending half of my 20 minutes, 10 minutes of it doing, okay, let's see your squat. Let's see your, I'm actually going to make a workout out of it. So when we were just right. talking for me, uh, and then we're going to get into, um, all right, we'll get into it now. The templates is basically for me, I, I'm looking at four, five exercises, I'm going to do them for one, two, maybe three rounds. And the way we look at like just now with the squat, I'm going to have you do a one set on your own. Show me how you do it. So I'm going to go through that first round. You're going to do a squat. You're going to do a row. You're going to do a push up. You're going to do a plank or whatever. And we can talk about how we pick the exercises, but say I pick those four. Now when I do the first squat, okay, great. Second round on this squat, I want you to push your knees out, pick your chest up. Boom. Mm -hmm. See how it's different. Yep. Now on the round three, I'm just going to make everything. Now we got them with good form, good technique. Round three is how I'm going to hammer them a little bit. Mm. Oh, you're sit to stand. You looked awesome. Yep. Here's a kettlebell for a goblet squat on your second one with your knees out. Boom. That yeah, you did a great job there. Round three, I'm taking the bench out. You're no longer sitting on it. You're doing a free squat with the kettlebell and I'm going to add five pounds. So now for round three, you've done three rounds. Each round, you've improved your quality of movement. You've also added more weight. 
And maybe I'm shortening your rest periods because we're not talking about it as much. And now by round three, I ran through five exercises with 30 seconds rest in between. And I just got you an awesome 15 minute full body workout without having to overwhelm you with assessments and measurements and how many inches do your knee go past your toe and Mm -hmm. like wall tests. Like you're not a physical therapist. And when you've been doing this long enough, you can play a physical therapist. Don't tell them I said that, but not today or not. Right. So my workout portion, the assessment is two minutes where it is a sit to stand, like Kyle said, but that is also the first exercise in your demo workout. And I like to use the term demo because these are not the exercises that maybe you'll start off with somebody because throughout the workout, you're still assessing them. When they're doing a row, do their shoulders hike up? If you have them do a plank, do their hips come down? We're still assessing them throughout the entire time. So the way that I like to set up my workout when we bring them out onto the floor, which is about 15, 20 minutes, is I'll pick five exercises, about maybe four to six, depending on the person that's in front of me. And I'll put them into a circuit. So the first one may be a sit to stand. And then it will be a TRX row. And then it will be some sort of a hinge pattern. And then it will be some sort of a push pattern with your upper body and maybe some sort of a metabolic exercise, med ball slam, something like that. When you create that workout, and these are the templates that Kyle was talking about, I want to, of those four to six exercises, one of them needs to be a new piece of equipment that this person has never touched. TRX, medicine ball, uh, what are some other ones, Kyle? Maybe a kettlebell, a TRX rip trainer, uh, a mm. sled, something in which they are so foreign to because I'm going to show my expertise to them that I'm going to teach you how to use this new thing. Then I'm going to pick a new exercise itself. Okay. Uh, maybe that is a push up. They've never been able to do a push up, and I'm going to tell them we're going to do a push up. Oh, I can't do push ups. Well, we're going to do it on this Smith machine over here, and we're going to put you at an angle, and you will be able to do a push up. I have. 80 year olds that can do pushups, they're doing it on the Smith machine, but the movement is the same. The last thing that I will always pick is by the way, that's my number one exercise for the Smith machine. Oh, yeah, I don't use the Smith machine other than that. That's it. If you use the Smith machine for exercises, you can turn in your CPT today. Uh, The Smith machine is not for exercising, an adjustable handle. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sorry. I have a thing. I have a. That's we, the we got bones machine. to pick with the Smith machine. But I love the Smith yeah. machine for like push-ups and rows because yeah. I can change the height right. in exactly. a snap. Yep. And then the last thing that I'll do out of those four to six exercises is an exercise that involves me because I want them to show that they can't do this exercise unless I'm there with them. Whether that be a med ball slam and a you know lateral toss to me or they're doing some sort of banded exercise. If they're going to do a banded row – that band is not going to wrap around like a handle or anything. I'm going to put it around my waist because mm-hmm. your clients in their mind are going to be like, okay, I can't do this exercise without Dayton. So I'm showing them the validity of working with me as their coach. It, and, and that's all that I'm doing. So again, f- four to six exercises about one that is going to be a new exercise. One is going to be a new piece of equipment and one that is going to be a trainer involved exercise. When we put it into that circuit, Kyle said it, we are getting their heart rate up. I'm going to do three rounds of that. The first one's going to be a learning round. The second one, maybe a little bit more cueing in it. And the third round is go, go, go. Let's get that good sweat on. Let's get those happy endorphins going. Because when you're happy, what happens, Kyle, when we go back into that office? 
Well, um, you know, we we open them up, we get their guard down, we get the blood pump in. They're excited. Uh, this is actually where I always have my favorite. I don't know if you're looking for my favorite quote, but I always say oh, you can learn more about a person in an hour of play than a year of conversation. Uh, Correct. That's that's Plato's. Right. So what I mean by that is you can sit in the office all day long and have the Q&A and you can become their best friend. You can learn all about their kids and their dogs and their whole history of life. But until you get them sweating, their guard doesn't come down. They don't tell you the real things. We talk about digging for heartstrings. It is much easier to dig for your heartstring while you're out on the floor, while they're panting. They're much like more likely to tell you more personal information than when right. you're feeling like an interrogation in the office. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yes, you're trying to dig deep in the office, but here is a really great opportunity to continue those conversations out on the gym floor in between the rest periods, checking in on them. Like you're going to find out a lot about them in this in this moment. So when I do consultations, when they are resting or even when they're doing something that they don't have to focus on too much, let's say that you have them hold a plank. That's just something that they do to see what they look like. I'll start drilling them with questions. What's your favorite type of music? What's your favorite type of food? Do you have any kids? Like, do you have a significant other? Boom, 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 boom. The more that I can know about them, the more, uh, I love this term, ammunition, I can give them back at the end of the consultation to hopefully give my professional recommendation for them. So we are still continuing that building rapport and relationship when we're out onto the floor, which is great. It's awesome. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like it. Um, so, I mean, so we're out on the floor. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Of, I think we pretty much covered all of the floor stuff, right? So, because oh, I, I got one. Oh, go for so, it. So think about the exercises that you choose. Let, let's talk about that for a second, because I just listed off doing a push-up, doing a row, so on. Well, and so I was going to say, because my next thing, this segment here is we're going to do uh, an actual program type for the workout, right? Cool. So let's lead into that a little bit. So I actually had a consultation yesterday. And typically, like Kyle said, I have templates that I use for individuals when they come in. And and they're pretty general for the most part. I'm, I'm just looking for your big seven, which we'll talk about and touch on again. The individual that I met with told me that he plays disc golf. I don't know anything about disc golf, but I know it uses rotation of your body. So when we went out onto the fitness floor and we went over to the cable and we started doing rotational exercises and he felt it, you know what I did, Kyle? I said, this exercise is great because I can guarantee we will give you a stronger throw on your, they don't call it a stroke. I can't remember what he told me that they call it. When you throw your disc, when you are doing disc golf. So we may be able to add a couple yards to your throw. And he's like, that was great. At the end of the workout, I asked him, what was your favorite exercise that you did with me? And he said, I love those rotational exercises, especially if it's going to add to my disc golf game. So he told me that he played disc golf in the beginning. I took an exercise that I knew would be beneficial to him for something that he liked doing. And I reminded him while we were doing it, why we were doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you give people a reason why, they're much more likely to enjoy it. Awesome. And your template there. And I like that it's a template because you might have heard disc golf and that sounds pretty unique, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to play disc golf. I have no idea. I wouldn't nope. even know the rules. Nothing. doesn't matter because you know what the action is. It's a rotational sport. And guess what other rotational sports we have? 
all of them tennis football baseball your throw everything. sports your swing sports your your baseball your throw you know like all of that have, requires rotation so if you have anyone that is a a weekend warrior or plays a sport and you can tell them that their golf game is going to get better or you know whatever they play on the weekends with their buddies that's uh that's something that's going to help them out so show them an exercise that actually improves them so do you want to talk about the exercises that you may pick with people, some templates and stuff like um, that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know I have my basics. Um, Dan said it, we're pulling from the seven major movements, right? So which are, uh, we did this in a couple episodes I ago. Know. Do it again. I don't squat, care. Squat, squat, hinge, um, push, pull, uh, overhead is yeah, like a push, pull, pull down or a row or a bench press, right? For okay. push, pull, um, some kind of core carry type exercise, like a plank or a farmer carry, uh, rotational, we just talked about it, uh, and then some kind of balance exercise. So single leg, single, did I miss something? Lunge. The single, well, sing, that's what I said, yeah, single lunge. leg, a yeah, lunge, yeah, or a lunge, some yep. kind of balance, right? You got so, it, you're, you're, you're still certified, you can still be right, a trainer. Good, 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 good. Uh, don't tell Ace, because that expired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so, with the squat. So in my squat pattern, um, round one, sit to stand. And I'm going to progress that just like I said before, maybe it's an air squat, it's a goblet squat. And then round three, I'm just going to increase the weight, make it a little harder, uh, challenge them on depth. Maybe on the first time they only go down like, you know, halfway to 90. Well, maybe we'll try to get them closer to 90 degrees. Or if maybe they do get 90, maybe we try to push them into that, that ATG type of squat. So, you know, who knows? Um, you know, if I'm doing a push up. Dane Smith machine pushup is my go-to because I can start it all the way up so that you're basically at no incline and you're like, Kyle, this is stupid easy. And I go, Oh, great. You did a great job making a pushup look easy. Congratulations. Now we just added a small win and boom. Now I'm going to move the bar down, do a few more, move the bar down. And that's why I love the Smith machine. So we're challenging that. Um, I don't know if I you should go through all these necessarily, but those are the, the concepts yeah. that I'm thinking of. Um, I think hinge is probably the hardest movement. So we can talk about that. I think everyone knows how to work a plank or a core. Right. Everyone can do carries. I think 99% of fitness professionals pick a Russian twist for <laughs> I see so many people put it on the ball floor and do a Russian twist. Remember pull off presses and like rotational yeah. slam balls. And I like the throwing it with your trainer because now that's an exercise that's easily involved. Right. Um, but hinge, hardest one. I typically, I can either just be like, hey, pick this up from like something light. Hey, bend over, pick this up from the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, usually they do like a split stance, kind of like B stance deadlift, which I'm fine with. Uh, or if you really want to give them like a PVC pipe or a light, you know, body bar type barbell. Um, yep. Or if I am going to do a deadlift, I'll just worry about from the knee up. I'll take it from the hang position, get them into the, that light and then go down to the knees and squeeze their butt at the top. Because that's the part that I want them to get stronger in is to feel their glutes. Mm -hmm. When you go past the knee, that's when people start to round their back and you can't really challenge them. So if I can pull it off, if I can get the deadlift off the ground, that's where that's where I'm going now. So can I give you more of an example of the, the consultation that I had yesterday and we'll kind of see how yeah. like real world example. So this individual told me that he rides his bike. He has a stationary bike at, at his desk that he rides every day. Cool. 
And then he says that he does uh, some push-ups, some bicep curls, some sit-ups, and then he goes play plays disc golf. Great. You know what I'm not going to do in our workout? Any of those things that he just Nothing did. that he's done before. Right, right, because I want to show my expertise. So the exercises that I did with him, I started with a sit-to-stand on a bench. It looked phenomenal, but that was the first thing that I did. Then I did a TRX row. Then I did a kettlebell deadlift from the floor. Then I did a bench, uh, dumbbell bench press. And then I did the trunk rotations after that. Each time that we came back through that circuit. So second round, I was like, listen, your sit to stands look great. I'm taking the bench away. Great. He went down. It looked phenomenal. On the TRX row, I told him to walk his feet in. On the kettlebell deadlifts, that was probably the thing that he struggled with the most. So what I ended up doing was taking a dowel putting it on his back and saying, okay, I need three points of contact when you go to pick this up. Back of your head, top of your shoulders, bottom of your butt. And he got it right away, which was awesome. Then on neck, the dumbbell. Neck, back, crack. Right. Neck, back, crack. I've like never NBC. heard that. Yeah. Uh, the NBC assessment, neck, back, oh, crack. Okay, cool. I love that's, that. That's my favorite. And then the, the dumbbell bench press, he was just going really fast when he came down. So all I did was tell him to slow down. Notice I'm not talking about like joint movements, human kinetics, nothing like that. And then on the trunk rotations, I just kept increasing every time. So as we came back to the third round, I just made everything a little bit harder, gave him a little bit of weight, made him move his feet in on the TRX row, the kettlebell deadlift, he got right away, dumbbell bench press, amazing. And then those trunk rotations, he did a great job on. So I made it go from really easy looking at things that he didn't do beforehand that are going to benefit the things that he likes to do outside of the gym. Then when we went back into the office, I was able to ask him those yes questions. Is this different than the way that you typically exercise on your own? Yes. yes. Did you feel a difference in the way that we exercised? Yes. yes. How do you feel? Great. Right. So on and so forth. And then we went into our professional recommendation, which is going to be part three of this three-part series of how to guarantee the sale. So we crushed our workout. Now our heart rates are coming up. We've got to ask people for money. Oh my God. And we're going to save that for another time. And there's your cliffhanger. There's your cliffhanger, baby. All right. Wrap it up there. Wrap it up there, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week. See you next week, everyone. Peace.